0: Welcome to this PE live podcast and the fourth episode in the series Digital Twins, the gateway to autonomous industrial facilities in association with Hexagon. I'm Carolyn Chaps, an energy journalist and a regular contributor to Petroleum Economists. With 35,000 professionals across 60 countries, UK-based Wood PLC are one of the world's leading consulting and engineering companies operating across the energy and materials markets. While ranked among the top three engineering firms in oil and gas refining and petrochemicals, 22% of their $5.5 billion revenues are now generated from sustainable solutions. In this episode of the Hexagon Digital Twin podcast series, Hexagon's Hans Kauer, Director for Industry Consulting at Namir, We'll be examining together with Wood PLC's Mark Littlefoot, who is Engineering Systems and Information Management Department Manager, how Wood addresses the challenge of meeting the demands for digital twins from clients and the benefits that can be derived during the project phase and also the role of standards and other aspects of how digital twins impact engineering contractors.
1: Okay. Thank you, Carolyn, for that uh, introduction. So this is now the fourth episode in this Digital Twin podcast series. And those of you who have followed along will recall that in the last episode, we were joined by UK owner-operator Harbour Energy, who shared with us their achievements and ambitious plans for implementing digital twins for their operating assets and sustaining engineering projects. Now, we are going to focus on the engineering contractor's perspective on the digital twin and talk about the challenges in meeting the demands for digital twins and the benefits that the technology can bring across the project value chain. So, Mark, with the job title of Head of Capital Projects Digital Twin at Wood, you must be the ideal person for us to discuss this with. Could you briefly tell us about your background and how you came into this role?
2: Thank you, Hans. Good morning. I joined Wood back in 1991 when it was Foster Wheeler as an electrical technician on a day release scheme. I completed my apprenticeship and ventured out into the world of engineering work for many of our competitors for about 12 years before returning to Wood as an electrical CAD coordinator working on multiple projects. In 2013, I moved into the engineering systems and information management group. We were one of five at that time. And now I manage a team that's grown to circa 30 people across multiple offices. As part of the engineering systems and information management team, we strive to innovate and deploy new technologies and methodologies to enhance our project execution for the wider engineering teams. And as part of this innovation, Digital Twin had been talked about for quite a while. So we decided to investigate what it actually meant to an engineering company and how we could benefit in a partnership with our technology suppliers. The result of our investigations were really surprising and quite exciting. So we came together as a collective and put a plan in place to develop and deploy this for our clients and our working teams. Well, thank
1: you, Mark. In the introduction, uh, we also mentioned Harbour Energy that featured in our last podcast in the series. would have recently been successful in being awarded a 350 million strategic partnership with Harbour Energy. So as, as a contractor, how important do you see competence in digital twins? and digital transformation as being a competitive differentiator? And how do you distinguish yourselves in this market?
2: We're seeing an ever-increasing focus on digital project execution and digital twin development through the project lifecycle for many of our clients and projects that are being executed. Give an indication over the last few years, more than 80% of our invitation to tenders have had a digital element at the very heart of their project. So being able to demonstrate our competence in this field across the engineering phases of project execution and into operations is a huge advantage in the marketplace for wood. The way the company is now structured, we have our projects division, our operations division, and now our digital and decarbonisation consulting divisions. And we all work seamlessly together to execute projects. With this setup now for the company, we're well equipped to draw subject matter experts from all areas of wood to cover every aspect of digital twin and digital transformation for our clients that makes wood fairly unique as there are few contracts that can offer a true life cycle approach to digital delivery from concept through to operations based on real lived experience in each phase this was the key to the successful tender with harbour energy we understood and demonstrated that we could match and hopefully enhance their aspirations in the field
1: okay yeah that's great to hear mark so uh, yeah What we also discussed in one of the first episodes of this podcast series is that we talked about there being many different opinions on the scope and the content of digital twins for industrial facilities. So I'm sure you must meet a wide range of requirements from your clients. So how do you then actually reconcile these variations with trying to find a standardized approach to project delivery of this?
2: That's very true, Hans. Thank you. We execute many projects for different clients. They're massively varying in size across the different parts of the wood organization. Some of the projects that we do are one month studies and pre-feed type work, all the way through to mega projects that last for many years. Each of our clients come in and they have a different concept with regards to project delivery, project type, whether it's reimbursable, lump sum, and obviously the difference between pre-feed, feed and EPC, they have different objectives for that particular project type, whether it's a plus or minus estimate for financial investment decisions or EPC or EPCM type projects that actually design and build these assets for the future. So we have to tailor our digital offering to suit each scenario whilst trying to standardize the core offering to support our enhanced project delivery. To achieve this, we look at each project in turn and determine the strategic return on investment objectives that that project has. And we build our digital solution to deliver to that specific scope as effectively as possible. The other thing we have to look at is supporting the downstream phases of the project as well. So we make sure that we meet the schedule. The common theme to every project that we deliver is a requirement for multi-center execution to achieve global reach of subject matter experts, as I've mentioned previously, from each of our divisions in Wood. With this in mind, the reliance on a standardized approach is of paramount importance, Not only to ensure the consistency of our execution, no matter what office location across the world, but also bringing our clients into a common environment for the lifecycle of the project.
1: Okay, yeah, that's clear. And you mentioned standardization and how important that is. So to what extent do you then see the standardization initiatives as CFOS, GRP33 and others in helping you to define digital twin deliveries?
2: We see this as paramount importance. Would ourselves, we are part of the CFOS committee and we regularly participate in the discussions, representing not only ourselves, but quite often representing our clients who may not be members of the committee. The CFOS class library definition is at the heart of our project execution. It is an excellent way of articulating clear requirements for data collection and the ongoing reuse of that data to all stakeholders involved, from engineering, supply chain, construction, even into operations. We all know that data collection costs time and money. By having a focused definition of exactly what is needed, we can minimize the impact on both. The clear definition minimizes data wastage by ensuring that minimum data requirements are captured at the very beginning of the project and managed in the digital twin solution all the way through the project. So yes, we see it as a very important part of our project execution.
1: Okay, yeah, thanks for thanks for that answer. And yeah, of course standardization. But what do you see as other great yeah, what are the greatest challenges you actually encounter in meeting your client demands when talking when asked for digital twins then? Huh?
2: As you previously mentioned, digital twins have various different meanings to our different clients. The toughest task we face at the moment is actually to quantify the exact requirements of a lifecycle digital twin especially in the timeframe of our project schedules now. Some of our projects are very short and some of them are a bit longer. Quite often the team, our client teams, start with a purely CapEx focus on the project and don't have that elongated OPEX focus that we need for the digital twin. Managing expectations through the start of the project and changing that approach to the focus from CapEx to OPEX is quite difficult. But once we agree that and we look at both aspects, then we need to act fast. We need to capture the aspirations, not only the engineering teams, the construction and commissioning teams, but also the operations team. Again, I've mentioned in time to, to meet the ever more challenging schedules that we have to work to.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, because that's exactly the next thing that I wanted to ask you is this digital twins. Do you, that, do you see that primarily as a benefit for the facility operators or what other specific benefits do you see across the project values chain from coming from digital
2: twins? So this has been a key requirement to be able to articulate to our clients the benefits of digital twin. I think it's fair to say that the true benefit of the digital twin, we realized in the 25 year life cycle the operation of the asset rather than this three, four, five, even up to seven year phase of design and build. But that's not to say there isn't benefit in each of these other project phases. We've realized distinct schedule and capex savings during some of our more recent projects by deploying digital twin. The benefits come from many areas, including simplified and enhanced search functionality that can save time for each and every user on the project. Taking data from multiple sources and being able to visualize it in a common environment rather than having to log into multiple applications. Some of our projects will have four or five hundred people, so even a 10 to 15 minute saving per day in search adds up over the project schedule. We've also automated data validation on project, whilst building clear and concise visualization dashboards to Expose our KPIs. These are customizable to suit. Our project management team have some needs, and our clients who are also in the same system have others, and we customize these to suit. By combining the CFOS definition of requirements and the enhanced technology that's available to us now, we can streamline collection and validation of ongoing supply chain data. That way, we can mitigate the risk in the construction phase, minimizing construction downtime, material discrepancies that all cause delays. We might do this using the digital twin on project. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense there, Mark. Thank you for that. So, one other thing I was very curious for is
1: I mean, Wood, Wood obviously has a large skill base available in building a digital twin for complex industrial facilities, lots of experience there. Yeah. So, where we sometimes see facility owners typically have limited resources to sustain such a digital twin during the operational phase. So, how do you see this challenge and how do you see how it can be addressed?
2: That is very true, Hans. We're seeing an ever-increasing number of our clients come to Wood to try and help them out with this distinct problem. And there is a global shortage of subject matter experts in this field. So Wood is now currently supporting numerous clients with their digital twin and data management through the operational phase. By bringing Wood into the equation, it means that each of our clients can avoid the requirement of having specialist staff deployed on each of their assets that need specific detailed system knowledge and information management knowledge for each of their assets in their portfolio so we take it on board for them we centralize it using wood specialists from various divisions so not only do they streamline the process but they leverage woods diverse skills to constantly evolve and optimize the asset performance ultimately saving opex in the process
1: okay yeah that's great to hear that you also can add value in that area to your clients all right so yeah Good to hear. So what I understand now is that wood is increasingly focused on sustainable energy solutions. And these are often, right, they are smaller in scale, but larger in number. So how does this then influence the approach to build and deliver digital twins?
2: That is true. We, it, the wood offering now we've changed. We have our digital and decarb division, which is made up of several subject matter experts. And they have a key focus on this type of project and how we execute and as I mentioned before, we work closely hand in hand from the projects team in our execution, and we have a sort of bi-directional share of expertise across this. So to achieve a digital twin deployment on each of our projects, we have to consider it on its own relative merit, and then we target the requirements and deploy the core digital twin solution and any considered digital transformation technologies that would enhance the project on each of the projects in turn. These have to deliver tangible returns on investment, otherwise our client wouldn't take them on board. By doing this, we have a core offering that we put in place. It's designed specifically to be scalable and repeatable on all projects of varying sizes and complexities. Brilliant. So if we
1: look if we look ahead five to ten years, how do you see digital twins technologies developing over that period of time?
2: Well, I take a look back where we were five years ago from now. The changes an enhancement that have been made to our standard project execution and it's massive everything has changed from paper now through to data and the importance and reliance on data we recognize at wood that we're on the cusp of an exponential wave of technological development which will require implementation on our projects the way we achieve this change the finishing point of the last digital twin on a project influences a starting point we're ever evolving and this is the only way, realistically, you're going to get to meet that bow wave of change coming forward by taking all the learnings from previous projects and putting them in place on new as your starting point. Even if you look at artificial intelligence and machine learning, the effect that's going to have is going to accelerate the process greatly and opens up even more opportunities for exciting advancement in project execution. We feel this is just the start of the journey for both engineering contractors and our clients alike. And it's hugely exciting for all that are concerned.
1: Okay, yeah, it absolutely is. Thank you very much, Mark, for that. And I think with this, we have already come to the end of this episode of the, in our podcast series. So, Mark, thank you again for joining us in this discussion. And thank you for sharing these useful insights on the EPC perspective on digital twins. Thank you.
2: Thank you for the opportunity, Hans.
0: Thank you to all of you for a very interesting discussion. And thank you also to our audience for joining us. Don't forget that all episodes in this series on digital twins are available via Petroleum Economist and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again and goodbye.